All right, we want to welcome you again to Startown First Baptist Church. Appreciate y'all being here today. And uh, before I get into the message, I want to give you some news that you're probably going to like, because uh, I sure do. Uh, it looks like if everything goes well, a week from today, which will be May the 24th, we are going to be able to have service here at the church. Uh, now, it'll, it'll look a little different uh, because of all the things that will need to be in place for us to be able to do that, but we'll be giving you some information this week, um, uh, and we're just going to trudge ahead and expect this to happen. As long as numbers don't get out of control and as long as no changes are made uh, concerning the phases, we should be able to have service next week. So uh, we'll be sending that around on the phone tree and also putting that on our Facebook page, so keep an eye out for that. And, of course, if you have any uh, specific questions, uh, you can certainly call the church, and we'd be glad to talk with you. So that's some really exciting news. I know you're as excited, if not more so, than I am. So well, let's go ahead and get into today's message, and I'm going to ask you uh, to turn in your Bibles to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter 12. Revelation, chapter 12. If you listened closely to some of the songs that we sang this morning, uh, you're going to notice some similarities in some of the words uh, that we, we sang. And one word that sticks out, uh, especially in the first two songs, is victory and victorious. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about victory. I want to talk about how we should live victoriously as God's children. And, you know, how do we do that, and, and what does that mean? And we're going to use a Revelation chapter 12. We're going to use some other scriptures as well. So just kind of follow along, and I'll give those to you as we go. But as I was kind of putting these thoughts and ideas together, I realized this, that, that while our victory is in Jesus, and let me say that again, while our victory is in Jesus and what He did on the, on the cross at Calvary, taking our place, and dying the death that we should have died ourselves, while that is uh, where our victory lies, I believe that a lot of our messages, a lot of our sermons that we preach and that we hear nowadays deal more with our victory in the present world and what we're living in right now. And that's important, and there's, there's really nothing wrong with that. But I think, too, we need to understand that... Uh, that our real victory has more to do than just being able to make it through this uh, troublesome, tumultuous life that we're living right now. So, you know, our victory is not so much, and I want you to think really hard about what I'm going to say here, it is not so much over the trials and the tribulations that we have to endure in this life, and that's because Jesus has already told us that we're going to have these troubles. And Jesus has already uh, experienced victory over this world. So He already has victory over this world. And He already has victory over trials and tribulations. And as we are in Him and He is in us, we experience that victory as well. And that's why we're able to rejoice as John 16.33 tells us. But what I want us to... Uh, to, to really understand is the way for you and me to live a victorious life in this world is to understand that Jesus has overcome this world. 
he, Scripture tells us He has overcome this world and that this victory is more than just a victory over this present world, but this victory that we will experience and that, that we want to live in this life is something we will experience even throughout eternity. So victory is important for us. It, it's, a, it's a word we like. Uh, we enjoy it in the sports world. We enjoy it in the business world. We enjoy it in the spiritual world. But the victory is going to be ours for an eternity, not just over these trials and tribulations that we're experiencing day to day here in this life. So let's identify some of God's eternal values here that we're talking about. Something that is that will last forever and something that is eternal is the salvation that we receive through Jesus Christ and also our time in heaven. We will be in heaven for an eternity with Jesus. That's a promise. That's a promise that he has made to us, to all of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done. So that's where we need to, that's what we need to invest in. We need to invest in surely that Jesus is with us through the trials and tribulations that we are experiencing now. But we also need to invest in the truth that this is for eternity. This is for all time. This is not just momentary. And we need to invest in this on a daily basis. That we are going to live victoriously forever. When I say invest in that on a daily basis, I mean we need to think about that every day. You know, you're going to get hit every day because Jesus said we would with trials and tribulations. But invest every day in the knowledge that you are victorious for eternity, forever and ever and ever. And if you look in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, that's what it's trying to tell us. It's trying to point us to the Savior and what He did so that we could be victorious forever. From Genesis to Revelation, that's what it's all about. And I know that when I said that we're going to be in Revelation, uh, probably everybody got a little bit excited because Revelation excites God's people. We, we love to, to study the book of Revelation. We love to see the, the different things talked about, like the judgments of God and the four horsemen. And, and we love the scenes of heaven that we are given in the book of Revelation. We also like the symbolism. Uh, we like the symbolism of, of the beast and the dragon. And we like to talk about the Antichrist and the false prophet. All of those things interest us. And we're interested in how those things are going to play out. But I think one of the things that really gets us going is anything that, that reveals information or paints a picture or shows us about the return of Jesus Christ. Because that is what we are waiting for every day as a child of God. So I think that we shortchange ourselves by not getting excited about some of the other things, though. Uh, certainly his return is, is, is highly anticipated uh, in our lives. But what about just some of the scenes that Revelation paints of the throne room of God and the songs of praise that are lifted up to him in those moments? And it's in some of those songs that we will see and it's in some of those songs that we will hear about the final victory, that final victory for those who have placed their faith 
and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, speaking of songs and praises, we just sang a song to start tonight's service off that everybody that's listening right now probably knew. Victory in Jesus. Let me read some of the words from the chorus of that song. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. So we see the word, uh, we see the word forever. We, we hear about the blood. Uh, we hear about Jesus. All of those things are important. And all of those things are, are implements of the victory and living victoriously that I want to talk about here tonight. I think this song speaks so much, speaks volumes about the victory uh, that we do have in Jesus Christ. Also, I think the Apostle Paul helped us to understand some things when he was finishing his first letter to the Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 57, he wrote these words, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking of victory. And then Hebrews also tells us that it is through Jesus' death on the cross that our enemy is defeated. Let me read from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. So we see that the devil has been defeated, and he has been defeated by Jesus who gives us the victory because of who he is and because of what he did. So this victory that we have and what brings us the victory is seen in one of these heavenly scenes that plays out in Revelation. And we come to the end of uh, the Bible. We come to the end of God's holy inspired written word. And a scene is described and, and written about that gives us so much information about our victorious life in Jesus Christ. So I want to read that now. And that verse is going to come uh, from Revelation chapter 12. Now I'm going to read verses 7 through 12. And we're going to focus in on just one of those verses here in just a minute. But imagine this scene being played out as I read it to you here this morning. Revelation chapter 12 verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a voice, a loud voice, saying in heaven, Now is come salvation, and strength and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. 
Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the seal and the, and the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. So we see in those verses that Satan has been defeated. And at his death, at the death of Jesus, at the death of Jesus, he destroyed all the claims that Satan had on you and me. And the, but the final putting away, the final throwing down of Satan uh, will take place when Jesus returns and he will meet his end at the end of the millennial reign and he will be thrown into the lake of fire with his cohorts. So he is a defeated foe. Uh, he is a defeated enemy. And we need to invest in that truth and in that knowledge every day that, to realize that we can live victoriously through this life and even into eternity. But one thing we do catch at the end of what I just read is that Satan is still active in the world today. He is still active and he is still interested in doing what he can to make your life miserable and to ruin any peace and to ruin any rest that you might enjoy in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't want to discourage you. I don't want to say that to discourage you because there's, there's good news coming later. There's more good news coming later. But I think it's important for us to take a look at how our enemy does the work that he does and how he tries to mess things up for us here on this earth. Now, we get all this information from Scripture, from the Bible. And the Bible tells us that Satan is an instigator of sin, that he is an instigator of betrayal. It tells us that Satan is a liar and that he tempts and he slanders and he inflicts suffering, and he sows discord and division, and he accuses, he is the accuser of you and me in heaven. It also says that he does what he can to blind us to the understanding, or blind us understanding the truth of the Word of God. He doesn't want Christians to get any deeper into the relationship with Jesus than they already are. He doesn't want us to know any more than we already do. Now, there's nothing He can do about our salvation because it's, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and nothing can change that. But He also, he, he prowls the earth like a lion to devour. He is doing everything He can to cause people who are lost, uh, to cause those who are not Christians, uh, to what He can do to keep them from understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ and the life and the hope and the help that is available in a relationship with Jesus. That's exactly what he wants to do. And so it, it describes him as a lion prowling around getting ready to devour, which shows us that he is a formidable enemy. And Scripture also tells us that our battles are not against flesh and blood, <clears throat> but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and a spiritual host of wickedness in high places. So we hear that, and it's like, oh, that sounds pretty bad. That sounds pretty scary. I need to, I need to be on the lookout, and maybe I need to be a little afraid of what's, what's possible through this enemy of mine. But Scripture also tells us, does it not, not to be afraid and to fear not. 
And it can tell us that because we are victorious because Christ has already defeated our foe. He's already defeated him and experienced victory over him. And now I'd like to revisit just one of the verses I read a few minutes ago from Revelation chapter 12, and that's verse number 11. So let's look at that again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So what we see here are weapons that we have to be able to live a victorious life forever. Not just here, but for an eternity. Think about that. Let's talk about those things. Let's talk about those weapons in verse number 11. Now, the first thing is so important, and we sing songs about this, and we, we testify to the power of this and what it has done for us and in our lives. We remember this when we, uh, when we remember the Lord with communion, and that is the blood of the Lamb. Let's talk about the blood of the Lamb for just a minute. It's, it says in that verse that they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. Now let's talk about blood for just a moment. Let's go back to the law of Moses. And let's remember that they were, they were told back then, uh, God's people were told not to eat meat because it included or it had blood in it. Do not eat meat that has blood in it. Why is blood so important? Well, God had given blood as His way to do what? To forgive sin. God had given blood as His way to forgive sin. Remember in Leviticus 17.11 where it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. That For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So the blood is the substance of life. And when that blood is spilt, or when that blood is poured out, then it is a symbol of death. And there are many, many times in the Bible where we are told about sacrifice and the shedding of blood. But we also need to understand that, that blood sacrifice, we see that throughout the Bible and what it does is it brings God's plan of salvation to us through His own Son, Jesus Christ. This blood sacrifice that we're talking about. The sacrifice of the Lamb is how salvation came to us. It is how forgiveness came to us. And we see a picture of that all through the Old Testament and all during the Old Covenant. And it points the way... To the, to the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world and the new covenant. But let's, let's talk about sacrifice, and let's go back to the Old Testament for just a moment. And we know about the first sacrifice that was made by Abel back in Genesis. And it was a sacrifice that was accepted. It was a blood sacrifice. It was accepted. But Cain's sacrifice was not accepted. His sacrifice was a bloodless sacrifice. And it was given with the wrong attitude as well. So we see uh, sacrifice all the way back to Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. Now let's make note here that forgiveness, forgiveness has been achieved through the sacrifice, sacrificial offering when the innocent 
an unblemished victim was offered in the place of the person who was presenting it and who was guilty. So in other words, the sins of the guilty person was transferred to the, to the innocent, uh, blemishless lamb. And then it was taken and led to sacrifice. And its blood was spilt. And that process took away the sins of that person. Because without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. So through that blood sacrifice, through the sacrifice of an innocent, uh, the guilty transferring the sins to the innocent, forgiveness was achieved. That's how it took place. You know, the Bible also tells us in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. So we see there that something has to die, something had to die, more specifically someone had to die for sins because that's how sins were paid for. And then we also see a, a sacrifice, a lamb sacrifice presented at the end of the plagues in Egypt. And if you'll remember that story, we know that God had His people sacrifice a lamb and take that lamb's blood and spread it over the doorposts of their homes. And so when he passed over that house, he would spare the lives of those that were in that house. So this again is just a foreshadowing of the Lamb of God and the Messiah who would take away the sins of the world. And this talk of the Messiah being the sacrificial lamb, it was, it was foreshadowed, <clears throat> excuse me, and it was talked about way back in Isaiah. Isaiah 53, 7. It says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. And so what's the result of all of this? What's the result of this speaking of the one that would come? The result of the, the spotless lamb, the result of the blood sacrifice. Isaiah fifty three twelve tells us, He bore the sin of many and made intercession for, their trans, for the transgressor for the transgressors and for their transgressions, for their sins. And then jump forward uh, to the, the, book of, uh, the book of John, and we see John the Baptist who was sent to prepare the way for the Lord. And the words that came out of his very mouth where he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. John proclaimed it, and then Peter confirmed it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. All these, all these examples, all these sacrifices, all of the shedding of this blood... Uh, down through history, down through time, pointing to and leading the way to the ultimate, perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So this is what we see when we see Jesus dying on the cross. The perfect Lamb of God, the sinless innocent who took upon Himself all the sin 
of all the world for all time. What a burden to bear. But this is what we see at the cross. And then what do we hear at the cross? We hear the words, it is finished. So many things are finished, but what could we possibly be really talking about here? I think nothing less than the atonement for the souls of humanity. The atonement for the sin of all humanity. He paid for sin at Calvary through His once for all perfect and fully acceptable sacrifice and the shedding of His blood. And you know what? That never has to be repeated. Jesus' death and the shedding of blood never has to be repeated. So that whoever believes in Jesus and what He did for them and what He says about Himself, if we will believe in Him, John 3.16 says, we will not perish, but we will have everlasting life, which means that we can be forgiven and we can spend eternity in heaven. Victory, victory, victory through the blood of the precious Lamb of God. Then Hebrews 9.12 says this, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. This shouts victory, victory, victory all over the place. So it was through the blood sacrifice that our enemy was defeated. It was through the blood of the Lamb that our enemy was defeated. And you know what? 2,000 years ago when this took place, we were all there. We were all there when Jesus took our place and He died the death that we should have died. And it's only because of God's amazing grace that Jesus offered Himself for each one of us. The grace, the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. So that everyone who places their trust in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how we overcome. That's where our victory lies. That's the victory that we can enjoy for eternity. But what else do we see in that verse? The next thing that we see is by the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony. You know what? When we tell people about Jesus and what He has done for us, basically what we are doing is we're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the word of our testimony. It's the good news of Jesus and that His blood has brought us and His blood has bought us victory. Brought us to victory and bought us victory. Think about that. You know, let's, you know think again too about Cain and Abel and what happened in, in that scenario as it played out. You know, we talk about Abel's sacrifice being accepted. Cain's wasn't. Cain was angry about this, so he raised his hand against Abel and killed him. And then later on, the Lord confronted Cain in Genesis 4, verse 10, and he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Crieth unto me from the ground. So how, how precious is the blood of Jesus? How wonderful it is to tell people what the blood of Jesus has done for us. How wonderful it is to talk about that. The blood of Jesus has such good things 
to say. And we have such good things to share with other people about the blood of Jesus. You know, the scriptures tell us that the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that of Abel's. Because the blood of Abel cried out for justice. But the blood of Jesus cried out for forgiveness. And, you know, you have to throw this in there too because this is so important. It was the blood of Jesus that instituted the new covenant. The new covenant for you and me. The covenant of God through Jesus. And the forgiveness of sin. That's what brought the new covenant into effect. And so that no more would sacrifices need to be made because the ultimate sacrifice had already been made. So what, what is it that our testimony should say or what is it that our testimony should include? Well, first of all, let me tell you, you don't have to be a, a pastor or a preacher, an evangelist or a theologian to be able to give your testimony. You just have to have an encounter with the God of the universe. You have to have an encounter with Jesus the Son of God who loved you and gave Himself for you. And then you just declare what He has done. What has He done in your life? What has He done with your sin? You know, it's nice to have a statement of faith and to share a statement of faith with people. But something that's so effective too is just one-on-one talking to an individual about how Jesus has changed your life. And what Jesus has done in your life. Everybody has a story to tell. It's a similar story. Because we've been forgiven. Our sins have been taken away. But the results of that. And how it has affected our lives. And our, our testimony. And our personality. And our relationships. Those will be different. And everyone loves, uh, loves to hear Uh, The testimony of an individual who has been changed. Something has happened to them. They used to be this way, but now they are this way. How can they be this way? What happened? Jesus happened. And it's by the word of our testimony that we are able to overcome and that we are able to experience this victory. Uh, John, in the end of his gospel, gave a little bit of testimony. If you look at John chapter 21, verse 24, he writes, This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. So what is John saying here? I think what John is saying is that not only is he the one that wrote all these things, but he is standing by every word that he has written and that it is all true. This, the ministry of Jesus the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. He stands by it and he says it is all true and that is his testimony. And in giving that testimony, you know what he's also saying? He's saying that he is not ashamed to to identify with Jesus Christ. He is not ashamed to say he has changed my life. He is not ashamed to say what Jesus has done in his heart and in his life and for his future. Not ashamed. 2 Timothy 1.8 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And then Paul tells the Roman church in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So through the word of our testimony and through the blood of the Lamb, we overcome and we are victorious. 
And it is more of a victory than just over the troubles and tribulations of this life. It is an eternal victory that we will experience for eternity. What else in your life is going to last forever? Is there anything that's going to last forever? This will last forever. This victory is forever. And so we've got one more thing I want us to talk about here in verse 11 of, of Revelation chapter 12. And that is this. When it says that they did not love their life to the death. They did not love their life to the death. Well, this is, I think, the very thing that helps us to understand and makes our testimony uh, so undefeatable. And that is this, that we have a willingness to see everything else in this world as loss. And we see Christ and the new life that He has given us as gain. Everything else suffers. Everything else fails in comparison to Jesus Christ and the relationship that we have. What Jesus did for us. There's nothing greater. And there's nothing better. And there's nothing I desire more. Sometimes I get off track a little and I think, I want that. Or I'd like to do that, or I'd like to have that. And sometimes it can; those types of things can kind of take over. But I pray, my prayer is that God always reels me back in and helps me to see that's a temporary thing. And that, that is not going to give you the peace and the rest that the relationship that I have with you is giving you. So, you know, everything else is, get, is loss, but Jesus and this new life that He has given me is gain. Um. I want to read a verse from Luke that many people are going to know. And uh, a lot of times I think this verse causes some confusion. But I want to read this to you. Jesus said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Uh, millions of, I don't know, millions, maybe millions, thousands at least, of different sermons on this verse uh, with a thousand different takes and a thousand different thoughts and ideas. Let me suggest something to you this morning. I believe what this verse means is that every day, every single day, because of Calvary, because of the resurrection, because of Jesus' death, and the fact that He is now alive, I, William Church, I can wake up, and I can count myself dead to the old self, because I have denied the old self, and now I am raised up to new life in Jesus Christ. And Christ has already taken me to the cross with Him. And so now I am raised up. Now I am new. And that's what I love now. That's what I concentrate on. That's what I focus on now. Not the old self. Not the old ways, the way that I was before this new life came and before... I understood who I was in Christ. Now I am in love with and I enjoy and I am victorious because of who He says that I am. Because of what He did and my trust in that. And I can invest in that every single day. I can invest in the promises that his, his Word gives me. I can invest in the truth of Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. I am an overcomer. I can live a victorious life. And so can you. 
So can you. But I don't feel that I live a victorious life. I don't know Jesus. I don't understand what do you mean relationship with him. And that's what he's calling out to you for today. Uh, we had a meeting with uh, our youth a couple of weeks ago. We started Zoom meetings. And one of the first things that we talked about was uh, the scripture that says that Jesus was the word. And Jesus uh, was, was with God from the very beginning. And what does it mean that Jesus is the word? Uh, you know, how, how can we reconcile that in our human minds here? And basically what that is, is Jesus is what God wants to say to the world. Jesus is what God wants to say to you if you're lost this morning. God wants to say to you, hey, Scripture tells you, and it tells everybody else, that we sin, and it's a condition we can't remedy or fix on our own. So as we talked about, Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, laid down His life on a cross to pay for your sins. That if you'll believe in Him, if you'll confess Him as Lord, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who He says He is, and He did what He said He did, then you can be saved. And we've said this before, it's opening up your heart and opening up your life because Jesus is knocking at the door and He wants to come in. And again, you let Him in, He comes in, and He stays in. And that is salvation, that is forgiveness, that is grace, that is being born again, that is new life, and yes, as we've talked about this morning, that is victory. That is victory, not just over the little problems and, and discouragements that we go through in life, but that is victory for eternity. Uh, something that we will be able to enjoy forever and ever and ever. And it's all because of those formidable weapons that are mentioned in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. The blood of Christ, the word of our testimony, and our commitment to Jesus and this new life that He has given to us through the cross and through the shedding of His blood. And if we accept that and if we believe that, then we can say along with that heavenly voice that we read in Revelation chapter 12. Now has come our salvation, power and the kingdom of God in and through the power and authority of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to experience victory. He wants you and me to live victoriously. We have an enemy that still has some influence in this world. One day he will be cast down forever. But we do not need to fear because we already have victory. Victory in Jesus. And when we experience that victory and know that for a surety, then we can sing songs like when we all get to heaven and know what that means and know what that means. I sang a song a few minutes ago, Search Me, Know Me, Try Me and See. I see that as a song of, a, of a, an individual who is lost and has come to a realization that there is no good inside of us and that there is sin that needs to be dealt with. And we're, we're laid bare and naked before God with nothing to clothe us because we are ashamed and we feel guilty. But we're asking God, you know, create in me a clean heart. Take this heart of stone and put in me a new heart. Uh, cover my nakedness. 
cover my nakedness with grace. All of my life before you now, I lay before you now, come into my life and save me. Give me this new life that we're talking about. You know, any questions that you have, you can come, you can call, you can message. Anything that you need to know or share with us or me, I encourage you to get in touch with the church. You can go to our, our website, uh, startownfirstbaptist.org. You can call the church. You can message us through Facebook. Anything you need to talk about, anything you want to share with us, uh, we'd love to talk with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we're so grateful. We're so grateful for this victory that we know uh, that we can read about, but not just read about, we can experience every day in our lives. There's so many things that happen in our lives in the course of a day that cause us to feel so defeated. That's the intention of our enemy. He says, I can't have their soul because they've given their life to Christ, but I can make them miserable and I can make them afraid and I can make them doubt and help us to invest in the truth day by day that we are victorious already and that we can we can remember the the blood of the lamb that was shed for us at Calvary and we can use a word of testimony to to build others up and to encourage them and we can remember father that that everything else in this life uh, is lost but Life with Christ, new life with Jesus Christ is gain. And it is the victory that we all long for. And it is the victory that we can all experience because, because of Jesus and because of what he has done. Keep these thoughts at the forefront of our thinking in the days ahead. And Father, we are looking forward to a time real soon where we can get, come together in the house of the Lord and worship together and be together. And even though we'll, we'll still need to practice this social distancing thing, we're going to be able to look across a room and see that brother and sister that we haven't seen in so long and just give them a big old smile that says, boy, I'm glad to see you. We're looking forward to that day. We miss that fellowship. But until then, until that day, we know that we can have fellowship with you uh, and that fellowship with you is so sweet, and we thank you for that. Father, your will be done in all things. We, we worship you for who you are and for what you have done. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.